When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name, of course, is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. It is August 21st. It's Sunday. Let's talk about some baseball. First, injuries and transactions. Cedric Mullins missed Saturday's game after following a ball off his shin on Friday. The O's play the night game, so we won't know his availability today until later this afternoon, but even if Mullins doesn't play tonight, he should be back when the O's return to action on Tuesday. Yasmani Grandal left his game with knee soreness and will be hitting the IL. Look, in single catcher leagues, I'd be just fine letting him hit the wire. While the plate discipline has been fine for Grandal, he seemingly lost his ability to generate any kind of power as his slugging is a whopping 48 points below his OBP. Nomar Mazzara was a pleasant surprise back in June when he was hitting 304 in his first 35 games, but he was designated for assignment after just hitting 170 with no home runs in 21 games since the All-Star break. Yadi Molina was placed on the restricted list on Saturday to be in Puerto Rico to watch the basketball team he owns play for a championship, which is just an incredible flex for an active player. Jonathan Scope sprained his ankle, and while you shouldn't be starting him in fantasy leagues anyway, there's a decent chance he takes it easy today with the Tigers having an off day on Monday. Yadiel Hernandez, the scrappy, the scrappy Nats outfielder, hit the 10-day IL with a calf strain, which probably opens up playing time for someone on that team, but it won't matter for 99% of fantasy man. We wait with bated breath to see if Jordan Alvarez, who's been out with an illness, will be back in the lineup today for the Astros. Of course, as with many other players, he could see a day off if he's not 100%, as the Strohs also have Monday to themselves and don't return to action on Tuesday. Braxton Garrett is likely out for the remainder of the season with an oblique strain, so that's a huge bummer for Marlins fans as he was just starting to come into his own. Tyler Molly reports that he doesn't feel pain in his fatigued right shoulder, but the Twins have cautiously placed him on the 15-day IL anyway. We hope this isn't a sign of something worse, like it can be at times, but there's no evidence at the moment to suggest that it's anything more than protecting a recently acquired arm. Taiwan Walker won't start today for the Mets like originally planned, but he will avoid the IL, and the Mets are penciling him for Tuesday's matchup against the Yankees. If you're heading to Hammonds Field to see the Springfield Cardinals down in Missouri, you'll also be able to see Jack Flaherty work in another rehab start as he works his way back from a shoulder injury and Teoscar Hernandez had some x-rays done, which fortunately came back negative on his injured foot. Like a broken record, I'd point out that the Blue Jays also have Monday off, so they may or may not choose to rest him, knowing that he should be good to go on Tuesday. Hitting performances from yesterday, I will lead with King Albert himself, Albert Pujols of the Cardinals. He went 4-for-4 four four with two home runs, and over his last five games, Pujols' mighty right-handed bat has blasted five home runs and driven in 11 Cardinal base runners, Facing Colorado and Arizona pitching helps, of course, but the 42-year-old is still as solid as ever against Southpaws, sporting a 1.96 OPS against them here in 2022. In deeper daily leagues and DFS, Pujols is worth a look whenever an even remotely vulnerable left-hander, like yesterday's opponent Madison Baumgartner, is on the hill. Paul Goldschmidt also had a big game. It was a huge offensive performance for the Cardinals in this one. He went three for six with a home run, two runs scored, and four RBI. And the home run, which was Goldschmidt's 31st, matches his total from 2021, and he still has another 40 games to go 
to reach his career high of 36, which he got back in 2013 and 2017. Goldschmidt is dominating the NL MVP race thanks to putting his foot on the gas in August as Goldschmidt has more walks than strikeouts this month and a 267 WRC+. Paul DeYoung went 1 for 5 with a home run and 4 RBI. The Grand Salami ends a 7-game powder outage where DeYoung had gone 3 for 24 with no extra base hits and was caught stealing. DeYoung has always been a hot and cold guy and unless he heats back up in the next few games, you'll probably just need to toss him back on the wire where you got him. Jake Fraley of the Reds went 1 for 4 with a home run, 2 runs scored, 2 RBI, and 2 walks, and I feel mildly vindicated that I've been touting Fraley as an under-the-radar OBP option, as he's now hitting 333, 403, 648 in August with 5 home runs and 23 combined runs in RBI. Fraley's found himself leading off quite a bit lately, and that would make him interesting in a lot of 5 outfield formats if you need some power in OBP. Fraley can also steal a base or two, as he's racked up 10 stolen bases in 78 games last year for the Mariners. Rodolfo Castro with the combo meal for the Pirates. He went two for four with that home run and a stolen base. Castro's been on fire since being recalled on August 9th, putting up a 947 OPS with two home runs and a stolen base. This one, of course. His poor quality contact, though, makes him best left a 15-team in deeper leagues as a reserve middle infielder, but a hot streak is a hot streak for Rodolfo Castro. Josh Bell, finally some good news for him as a Padre. He went one for three with a home run and a walk, and it's been a brutal run for Bell as a Padre, but at least he finally has his first home run for his new club, even if it was only his third RBI since joining them. He's fallen back into an old habit of pounding the ball into the ground, evidenced by Bell's 65.2% ground ball rate, with most of them being pulled right to an infielder. But Bell's had a few off days recently, and maybe that can help turn him around. I can't advocate cutting Bell, of course, due to the talent, but if you're in a tight race, you can certainly consider benching him. I have actually done it in one or two leagues. Vaughn Grisham of Atlanta. Wow. Two for four with another home run. And after not notching a hit on Friday, Grissom had to show off on Saturday. What's impressing me right now more than anything, though, is the plate discipline. Over his last seven games, Grissom has four walks and just two strikeouts. I want to temper expectations a tiny bit, since he doesn't even have 50 plate appearances in the majors yet, but there's obviously a lot to like, like about Atlanta's top overall prospect, and their track record of finding outfield talent, like his teammate Michael Harris II, is becoming kind of unfair in a way. Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays, he went one for three with a home run and a stolen base. It was a rough month for Chapman so far, but he now has a hit in three straight contests and an extra base hit in two of those games, so perhaps he's finally starting to heat up again and can go on another little tear to help you down your stretch. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners went three for five with a triple, a run scored, and a stolen base, and this was actually J-Rod's first stolen base since July 5th, so it's good to see him running again. He hasn't exactly been phenomenal over his last eight games since returning to action, hitting just 256 and slugging under 400, but it does seem like things are starting to return to normal for Rodriguez since he came back from the injury. And then Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals, he went two for six with a double, a run scored, and a stolen base, and now that people have started dropping him, O'Neill finally decided to start playing some ball, notching two hits in four of his last six starts and stealing his first base of the month. There's crazy talent in O'Neill, but as you know, the inconsistency will drive you crazy. Starting pitching performances from yesterday, I got a lead, as Nick did in the roundup today, with my fellow ginger Dustin May, who predictably cruised against the Marlins, tossing five innings while allowing no runs on one hit and two walks and struck out nine with a whopping 41% CSW. He immediately slides into the top 40 or so starters per Nick, thanks to that breaking ball that May developed back in 2021 one that continues to get the strikes that his high velocity, high movement sinker just doesn't quite generate despite how nasty it looks in gifts. 
Johnny Cueto with the Smoke and Mirrors show, he went against the Guardians. He got the win on 8.2 innings pitch, no earned runs, five hits, one walk, two strikeouts, though. Uh, that's it. But look, the Smoke and Mirrors game just keeps working for Cueto. And while it's impossible to predict how long this will last, you obviously can't bench the guy even with the low strikeout total. Shane Bieber was on the other side. He went against those White Sox. He got the loss on 6.1 innings pitch, just one earned run, though, five hits, three walks, four strikeouts. The ERA and the innings were nice, but everything else was pretty blah, especially the velocity, though, as Bieber's velocity. Velocity came in about a tick and a half below where he's been throughout the rest of this season. Spencer Strider went against the Astros. It was a big test, but he did well. Six innings pitch, one earned run, three hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. 21 whiffs as well. Strider's still mostly a two-pitch guy, but that can be devastatingly effective when it's commanded well, and it was here against the Astros. The margin for error for the rookie Strider is really thin, and unless he develops another pitch that he can reliably throw for strikes, it's going to be a little rough, but he's walking the tightrope pretty well right now. Christian Javier was on the other side. He went against Atlanta. He got six innings pitched, one earned run, two hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. The thing for Javier was that the slider was also on point for him, plus his usual striking fastball, and that was more than Atlanta could deal with in what ended up being a very nice duel between those two young pitchers. Justin Dunn of the Reds went against the Pirates. You wanted more than this, but you got something, right? You got a win. You got five innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, four walks, and four strikeouts. And like with many young pitchers, Dunn's command comes and goes, which makes it really tough to trust him, even against teams like the Pirates. The nice thing about the Pirates, though, is that they aren't quite able to punish Dunn's mistakes like other teams could have, and these are the kinds of starts you really have to be ready for when you rely on a guy like Dunn, but at least against bad teams, you get a much safer floor. Reed Detmers was supposed to have a great matchup, but he takes the loss against Detroit. 4.1 innings pitched, 4 earned runs, 10 hits allowed to the Tigers, two walks, three strikeouts, but this wasn't the regression monster or anything like that coming for Detmers. He just couldn't quite command two of his best pitches, and even dreadful offenses can ticky-tack their way to a night like this in the right circumstances. For example, a guy like Detmers missing two of his best pitches. Freddie Peralta had one of his better starts since coming back. He went against the Cubs. He got a no decision on six innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. And look, Peralta's command wasn't bad, and he finally worked long enough to grab a quality start. But I found it interesting that the Cubs were so good at running against him, swiping at least three bases that I saw, and it wasn't even that close right? It's something to watch for if you need to stream steals because he'll face these same Cubs again next week. And you know, for a fact, they're going to try running again. Other notable starts of the day, Marcus Stroman for the Cubs went against Milwaukee. He went 7.2 innings pitch, two earned runs, two hits, four walks, five strikeouts. Nice game for him. Drew Rasmussen followed up his almost no-no against the Royals. He got the win on 5.2 innings pitch, two earned runs, two hits, a walk and eight strikeouts. Garrett Cole struggled against the Blue Jays. He took the loss on six innings pitch, four and runs, five hits, two walks, five strikeouts. Nothing is going right in Yankeeville right now. And Zach Wheeler also had a bit of a rough game against the Mets, who have just had his number lately. He went 5.1 innings pitch, four earned runs, five hits, four walks, and six strikeouts on 106 pitches. Relief pitching performances from yesterday that are notable. The Rays' bullpen roulette wheel stopped on Pete Fairbanks yesterday as he put in his 10th consecutive appearance with no runs allowed and his third consecutive appearance with no hits allowed to pick up the save. Fairbanks also has 16 strikeouts to just a single walk so far since returning earlier this season. And while the Rays aren't likely to name a set closer, Fairbanks is tied with Jason Adams with three saves and four holds for each of them here in the second half. So I think it's safe to say that we're down to really just two closing options down in St. Pete in both Jason Adam and Pete Fairbank. Yimmy Garcia picked up the save for the Blue Jays while giving Jordan Romano the day off after Romano had pitched on back-to-back days. The Blue Jays actually used five relievers in this one, so expect Romano to get back to work if this game is close late. Zach Johnson blew the save for the A's yesterday, while A.J. Puck got the hold and 
Danny Jimenez got the win. I actually like puck stuff the most in this pen. I was sad he, he hasn't made it as a starter, but with the save chances so few and far between in Oakland, it's not worth trying to figure out who they'll call as the next man. Rowan Wick blew his second save of the week when he was called on at the end of the eighth, giving up a home run to Willie Adamas, which is really poor timing considering that Brandon Hughes, his co-closer, had back-to-back clean saves back on Thursday and Friday. And then on the other side, Devin Williams labored 37 pitches to blow the save in that game for the Brewers. It's actually his first blown save of the season, though, and it's easy to forgive him. It was a rainy day in Chicago, and it was pretty clear that Williams couldn't get a feel for his stuff as he walked three batters after not having issued a single free pass in 15 consecutive outings. Now, before we start talking about the weather and the streaming options for the day. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back right after this. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we are back just in time to send it over to our guy, Mark, with the weather. Mark, tell us what's going on, man. Thank you very much. Looking at today's weather map, we're going to have a pretty active day across the mid-Atlantic and the eastern Great Lakes region. So some games that stand out as potential weather spots, trouble spots, excuse me, going to be in Pittsburgh, in Detroit, uh, in Cleveland, and in Baltimore. So there's a lot of games to watch today, much like a spring type of forecast instead of a late summer one. Anyways, it's going to be a busy one. Talk to you later, and thank you. As always, Mark, we appreciate your weather wisdom. Streaming picks of the day, Eduardo Rodriguez carved up AAA batters he saw in his last two rehab starts, going 11 total innings while allowing just one earned run with 17 strikeouts and two walks. The Angels may have Trout back, but it's still a vulnerable lineup that has the forced fourth worst WRC plus against Southpaws like Erod, I like him today, and Justin Steele hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in five straight starts and has at least five strikeouts in each of his last four, and I'm willing to roll with that against a Brewers team that struggled to score runs lately. So Eduardo Rodriguez and Justin Steele for the starting pitchers on the relief side, with Jonathan Hernandez and Matt Moore each throwing over 25 pitches yesterday, Jose Leclerc, former closer, is a good bet to get a save if the Rangers are in a position to get one, although that may not happen today, uh, as I'll talk about later on the hitting side. And then David Robertson needed 36 pitches to get a win for the Phillies on Saturday, leaving Sir Anthony Dominguez as the presumptive closer today. If needed this afternoon, he's likely rostered most leagues, but it's good to know that he's definitely in line for that today if you need one. For hitting, it's a pair of average arms starting in Colorado, with Jacob Junis facing Kyle Freeland, so load up on Rockies and Giants if you got him. Koei Arihara is the starter for the Rangers, as I sort of alluded to before. He's bringing a career 6.41 ERA across 11 starts to Minnesota, so I'll be looking at some twins lefties like Max Kepler and Nick Gordon to stand out today, along with leadoff man Luis Arias, though again, if he does somehow work their way into a save, 
I do think Jose Leclerc is the one who's going to get it. And if you remember, I was talking about Jake Fraley before. Well, he leads off again today for the Reds against righty Zach Thompson of the Pirates. So I'm looking for him to have another strong game along with the rest of the Reds lineup. And that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Of course, my name is Scott Chu still. You can find me on Twitter still at if the chew fits, that's if the CHU fits. We hope you have a great rest of your day. If you want to know anything else about the week ahead or just the action from yesterday or today, check out the site over at pitcherlist.com. We've got the SP roundup. We've got the batter's box. We've got reliever ranks. We've got everything you need to really win your fantasy baseball leagues. So again, check it out and we hope you have a great rest of your day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.